The Working Artist Project is brought to you by Second Line Arts Collective. Learn how you can support at secondlinearts.org. We're creating a platform for those who are curious. One that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time, captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Good evening. My name is Darian Douglas, and welcome back to The Working Artist Project. Tonight is special. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Greg, I didn't even see you there, man. How you doing, man? How you doing? You all right? <laughs> you hear me? <laughs> I can hear you. I can hear you. Can I'm, you hear me? I'm doing great. I'm sorry. I, I was hitting record on, on Logic. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Got to make sure I got all the buttons pushed on my end, too. Hey, man. I'm glad I'm glad you got it together, man. Well, I'm doing wonderful. How are you, Darian? I, I am sleepy, man, because my baby decided to have a party from 11 p.m. until 6 a.m. And uh, so, yeah, I'm a little sleepy, but I'm good. I'm killing man just just like her dad <laughs> <laughs> look man tonight oh, oh oh before we go we do got to give our our weekly public service announcement so that all y'all push all the buttons and go into the right places the first thing i want y'all to know about is our newsletter so head on over to secondlinearts.org slash newsletter and um go ahead and sign up as you know, Greg gives away, and, and sometimes me too, we give away at least $1 billion in ideas each week. So <laughs> it's worked out. Look at Greg's house. It's worked out for him. Shoot, Good look at that. save, man. Good save. <laughs> hey, look, I, feel, I don't know if I have a billion dollars, but I made it through a pandemic. And <laughs> oh, so see. I'm all right there you with go. that. There you go. Well, tonight is special, man. We got, um, oh, oh, also we have a summer camp coming up. That's and right. I'll let, you, I'll let you tell everybody about that. All right, y'all. So we're really excited that we're going to be hosting our fifth annual Sanaa Music Workshop. And it's going to be a virtual experience this year. We're going to be hosting it from June 14th through the 25th. It'll be a Monday through Friday program. And so if you know any young people between the ages of 14 and 22 who are interested in pursuing a career in the arts, who want to learn about entrepreneurship, who want to learn about music, want to learn about things like band leading, music production, and um, and learn these things from some of the, the most in-demand professionals on the scene today. Uh, we hope that you will consider coming to the uh, Sanaa Music Workshop. And you can find out about that at the uh, secondlinearts.org and uh, register on there. We also have a lot of scholarship money available. And uh, we'd just love to see you there and, and hope to uh, pass on some information to the next generation. There you go. Come get this free money, y'all. So um, <laughs> why don't stimulus we jump right money. into it? Stimulus money. It's the <laughs> other kind of stimulus. We got some special cats coming in tonight, man. And uh, at least for me, I watched these these young fellas become super, super great men and musicians, like, man, I, I wish I was that good when I, I saw them. I think I, I met them both. They were like, I don't know, six or seven, it seems like. And they were already, like, killing. Like, I wanted to hire them then, but, you know, they couldn't get into the clubs. But now they can. And we got Mr. Brian Richburg Jr. and John Michael tonight. And it's going to be it's gonna be a vibe, man. 
Yeah, this is both very talented young people. And uh, let's just put it this way. They called us Mr. Douglas and Mr. Aji when they got here. So <laughs> this is going to be an interesting night. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. Now, we, we still young, man. We still young. I hope so. But, <laughs> I almost yeah. said John Michael and Brian. They got me questioning that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but the, these two dudes are super talented, and um, I'm interested to pick their brains about the future of music mm-hmm. and and their contributions to to the world. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. So why don't we go ahead and get Mr. Brian and John right in here? What's up, y'all? Y'all there? Hey guys. Hey, what up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> What's going Van Gogh on over here? Van I know, Gogh, right? yeah. <laughs> I forgot to tell the people y'all are uh, two New Orleanians. Two true um, New Orleanians. Well, I'm a New Orleanian. John Michael's from Kenner. Oh. <laughs> we hey. First of all, it's it's Metairie, just like J-Bat and Winton. And second of all, you live like 40 minutes away from the city, so I don't even want to hear it. Hold on, hold on. We got to get this. We got to get this straight. First of all, John Michael, if you're from Metairie, Kenner is the greatest jazz city on earth. Let me just say that for the record. Yeah, oh, you got no. the whole you got the whole Marsalis family. You got Jonathan the Haven, Baptiste, huh? the Haven, I, Chateau Estate, y'all. <laughs> right, <laughs> right by the treasure chest. <laughs> oh man, that's that is hilarious. He's always man. trying to discredit me, but. He hasn't put in the work I have. So just, move, just, oh. just, just move a couple of blocks. Well, I hope not. You owe it to me. I, I hope you didn't put in the work. Man. Two years. I, I, yeah. <laughs> hey, Greg, I thought they was friends, man. I would not have had them on the show at the same time if I knew it was going to be a battle royale. But, <laughs> you know, I, I think you know they're friends just based, based on that. Yeah. If they were yeah, nice yeah, to yeah. each other, I'd be concerned. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so why don't we why don't we start with, with Brian since he's the young boy on a set? And, and you can just kind of give us a, a overview of your upbringing and, and your, the influences you had growing up in New Orleans. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I grew up playing my father's church. He's a pastor in New Orleans. So that was kind of my first musical experience. I started off playing full time in his church, I think, when I was seven or eight. And even before then, I kind of was doing like youth stuff in the church. So I would play during the youth choir. I would sing in the choir. Um, I was an usher, like a junior deacon. I think just at that point, he was kind of like instilling in my brother and myself just uh, how important it was to serve. So we served in the church, we served in the community. And I think after that, I would say he's also my first musical teacher. Like my dad is super killing. Like he's a great singer, but he also understand understands music he can't tell you like a major scale a minor scale but he knows when like something is wrong right. or you know right. he has the mm. the signs and like the capacities to be like right. a professional musician but anyway so i started off doing that as time development went on I, he knew i wanted to get serious about music so he started allowing me to do these different camps and workshops like project prodigy um like saturday music school donald harrison's uh Nouveau, Nouveau, New School. I can't, I can't remember what the name of it was, but yeah. Donald Harrison's program. The New um, Jazz School. New Jazz School, thank you. There you go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And so after that, I met a man by the name of Jerry McGowan, who was my first, like, teacher, teacher. He taught me my rudiments. Um, hmm. He made sure that I knew what a whole note, half note was. Just my basic music fundamentals. And crazy enough, Jerry McGowan is probably, 
I would say humbly, probably one of the most prolific music teachers in New Orleans, just because he's taught everyone. So like he taught me, he taught Joe, he taught Trombone Shorty Troy, he taught Chris Royal. He was at McDonald's 15 before the storm, so he taught all of those people. He even taught Donald when Donald was at Corn, like when he was wow. in high school. So, you know, I was able to study with him and learn from him. And from that point, that's when I met Donald, who's kind of Donald Harrison Jr., who's my, I would say my mentor now, even to this day. Um, he was probably the, the most significant musical figure in my life. Um, mm. Just because he's played with all the masters, he's played with all the greats, but also he's different from all of those people that play with those greats because he comes from a, a special culture within himself, not just New Orleans, but he comes from a special offshoot culture, which you know is the Afro-Native American tradition. So he has a lot more knowledge about Africa and just like direct lineage of music itself. So yeah, after studying with Donald, that was kind of like my, um, he was kind of my bridge from church into all the other stuff I wanted to do. Um, yeah, and so after Donald, I guess I'm here now at Berkeley. This is my last year. <laughs> and yeah, that's that's kind of my, where I'm at now. Yep. My man, my man. Same same question for you, John. Can you repeat that question? <laughs> I I just want to know, kind of like you know how you came up and who your who are your biggest influence. I thought you just said up. you were a good student in class. You're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> when Brian started talking, I kind of tuned it out. Oh, oh okay. no! Oh no! <laughs> but it's okay. Greg got a got a Trumpet Mafia shirt on. It's all good though. I'll take it. I'll take it. He representing. Um. Yeah. Um. Well, my first, you know, I guess inclination to want to do music was because of Big Sam Williams, uh, of Big Sam's Funky Nation. He lived with me and my family during Hurricane Katrina. As you all know, he went to NOCA, which is where me and Brian went. And uh, my sister went there. She's 12 years older than me. So her and um, Sam were like in the same kind of age range, like they were in school together. So they knew each other and they needed somewhere to go. So he came with us and that kind of is why I wanted to start playing music. And um, fast forward, my, my grandfather gave me a trumpet because I begged, I be I wanted to play trombone at first. Um, and so, you know, that all happened. Um, my grandfather gave me my trumpet and I kind of just played a note and it was history from there. Um, started going to programs around the city, went to the, um, it was in Dutch Alley. It was a music for all ages program started by Sunpai, um, Bruce Barnes, uh, who was a Zydeco musician. He's also involved in, you know, the Mardi Gras tradition with the Skullman. He's a huge part of the city. Um, so much history with him. Um, but he kind of started this program and he brought brass bands in, Treme brass band, New Wave brass band, whoever, you know, whatever brass bands were available to come and teach us on Saturday mornings. And that kind of started me on traditional jazz and learning about Louis Armstrong, and, you know, all these older guys. And, um, then they were like, hey, man, come out to the Jackson Square with us and, you know, start playing. So they kind of whipped my butt and pushed me in front and were like, you know, this is what a trumpet player does. You're the leader. You sing. Uh, you know all the words. You know all the songs. You know the cues. You know how to solo. You know how to entertain the crowd. Like, I, I really learned how to become a leader early on, um, how, to, how to handle money, how to manage, how to, you know, negotiate. Even when I was nine or 10 years old, it's like, Who's going to listen to me? But they taught me early on, you know, how to dress, how to look presentable, how to make people take you seriously. 
So I learned those lessons really early on. And then I went to the Don Jameson um, School of Music with Edward Anderson, uh, rest in mm. peace to him. Um, Jesse McBride, huge influence. Um, and then later on, I met Donald Harrison, who's a huge mentor, a uh, great friend of mine. He started, um, he let me in his program at sixth grade and it was only a high school program at the time. And it still is. I mean, I don't even think it exists anymore. It was a Tipitina's internship. Um, I kind of got the last leg of a lot of these programs, which is weird. Like people in my age range and group were like, we kind of got the last of some of these programs, which is why it's so great that y'all are doing what you're doing. Cause we need more things like this. We need more workshops and programs. Um, so I started with Donald in sixth grade. They let me in early. Um, he saw something in me and, and I went from there, you know, we toured the world. We went to Japan. You know, he brought me in the, in the States with his band and kind of, again, continued that growth in me and continued teaching me the way. And um, mm-hmm. he taught us about writing. He taught us about all styles of music, which is what kind of Brian was saying. It's like, it wasn't just jazz. It wasn't just one scope of music. It's like Donald could sit there and just play for an hour. He could play train bird. He could play Maceo Parker. He could play any genre, whoever you said, whatever it was, Donald could play it right in front of you. So, you know, he yeah. wasn't kidding, you know? Absolutely. Um, and then I went to NOCA and then Berkeley. I mean, I can go on and on and on about all the programs and people that have taught me. Um, but he was really significant in, in my development and me moving forward into Berkeley. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, in, in that story of you talking about Jackson Square, you know, <clears throat> for those of you watching, I, I'm sure you've come across, with, there's some iconic photos of John Michael when he's a, a little younger. Uh, you must be, yeah, nine, 10 years old out there. Playing with the uh, playing with the cats out in Jackson Square, walking the bucket, looking cute as ever, and right. and you know it's funny because I, I remember seeing John Michael play out there. I must have been in my early twenties at that point, and, and and John Michael was, yeah, you were out there, man. You were already making a name for yourself as a as a as a young, um, <laughs> say a, a young teenager, you know. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's that's really cool to hear you say all that stuff, and you know even yeah. with the summer programs too, I, I do agree with y'all, man. Like. A lot of the programs that I took part of as a child, I think you all were kind of like on the last leg of those same programs. And, you know, the whole education system here in New Orleans, like a lot of, I guess, c- kind of coming up with with, with um, maybe the, at the end of your generation, there weren't as many, there were a lot of programs because I think they were trying to subsidize a lot of the school systems, like the schools lacked their own music programs and things of that sort. And then post-Katrina, everything became like very like in-house, like every school wanted to have their own, you know, jazz mm-hmm. band, every school wanted to have their own marching band. And they didn't want you to go to other programs to learn those things. So I think- No, they of- didn't want me to go to NOCA. <laughs> like, oh, wow. I remember that, man. I was at Haynes Academy and they were so like, they're persistent about, they're like, don't go to that school. Don't join the all day. Cause I went there full day. I was the first graduating mm-hmm. class of the academics thing. And they really didn't like, I mean, I was like, whatever, you know, wow. I was with the guy who was playing trombone with Pete Fountain. He was our band director. He was like, I looked up to him. I'm like, you play with Pete Fountain. And then this dude was telling me not to go to better myself. It was weird, man. So mm-hmm. yeah. It's hard. Cause you're in a city with like, there's limited, you know, there's not, there's not a million young people play music. So you have all these programs in a sense, like not, I don't want to use the word fighting, but, you know, competing for, for talent. We'll, we'll say that that might be the best way of putting it. So it's like, yeah, Absolutely. you know, if you, your best trumpet player goes to NOCA, that's a drag for, for your school band. Cause all of a sudden <laughs> your band sucks. 
<laughs> I mean, it's just, that's just what it is, you know? Uh, but man, I, I would love to talk uh, to both of y'all um, about, again, your years at NOCA and, and how did you all feel? Because again, like, you know, now that I'm, I'm over at NOCA and we're trying to get some, a young group of musicians and we actually had some of the lowest auditions and I know, we're, you know, COVID and all that kind of stuff, but how, how did you all feel going to an arts conservatory and how did that prepare you uh, for, you know, your next step of like studying music and, and hopefully for the, the remainder of your life? John Michael, you want to start? Go ahead. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Um, man, I think it was just a special time. You know, I met Brian when he was really young. I met Brian actually at Donald's camp, I think. Right, Brian? Did we meet there? When he was 12, you know what I'm saying? I was like 14 or 15. We just had a special group of people. That's all I'll say. Like, I don't like to be selfish and say like our group was the best or like we had the best years of it's like it's like your class like you y'all had a certain group of people that were killing we had a certain group of people that were killing and there was a weird in between and after it's like what's going on like not to say people weren't talented before or after it was just like we had a really special group um and i think that's what made it what it was for us and what it made it exciting because it's like when do you get to play with people your age that are on a high level because me and brian are always used to playing with the masters and with older people and like how do we get better, right? So I think being in those pro programs during those primitive years of our learning was so great. And then when we went, went to NOCA, it's like, you got Michael Polera, you had Mr. Ryan, you had Chris Severin, and we had um, Kari Lee. And Kari Lee's not there. I think you might have replaced him. Um, they're such great teachers, but it was really about us wanting it, us taking advantage of them. I used to get so mad because I would always see people like not caring. And I think it was just, I always knew what I wanted with my life. When I met Sam, I, I just knew music was something that was really important to me. So I think for me, it's like a case, and it's same with Brian, like he had music growing up in his life. He grew up in church. I grew up in church. My parents are in the ministry. So it was like something we always wanted to do. When we got to NOCO, we saw these masters and we, we sought them out, you know, there were kids that there, if they didn't want it, they didn't get it. You know what I mean? Like Chris Severin's going to go on a tour with the headhunters or if he's going to go somewhere. Like, when do you get those moments of opportunities? Like, I'm not a bass student, but I'm like in his room bugging him. Like, and he's in there practicing tenor, writing out charts to Nick's tunes, trying to dig deeper. And I think seeing that all the time and like having Jameson Ross come in or having you come in, like people, we look, we look up to you and Darian and, and James and all the old, y'all are, you know, people we looked up to because y'all were always so great and we saw that in ourselves that we wanted to be like you guys so I think we just had a lot of people to look up to and it was just a good time for us and we sought out the information but even with Berkeley it's like man NOCA taught us so much um and that helped us me, me and I'm sure Brian did too we had a leg up on a lot I got to skip some classes I got to get into some higher ensembles I got to like get to the source of what I wanted to get to quicker because I, I try to take um, advantage and, you know, by being in advanced classes early on, you know, there were some times when I struggled because I didn't know everything, but it gave me a sense of like, okay, I really need to work hard to understand this theory and understand why classical harmony is important. Understand why these things that you don't really understand in high school is like, why does this matter? Then when you get to college and after, like now that I'm out, it's like, dang, there's so much, information that helped me and, and it's going to continue to inspire me to learn and grow more. 
Go ahead, Richie, Brian. Richie Rich, how were your years at NOCA? Yeah, I know it's good. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, I saw you. You, you like that? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean, John said it all, everything. But yeah, I'll say that going to Noka definitely helped me. Um, it definitely helped the process at Berkeley a lot. I think everything that I did at Berkeley and went through at Berkeley was stuff that I went through in high school. You know what I'm saying? So like from music to drama to politics, it's like a lot of this stuff, a lot of these people like, this is their first time being away from home, being away from their parents. And it's where music is the center for them. But like, we did this four years ago. So it's like, for us, it was just like another four years of that. So at some, at some times, it, some points it definitely got draining because it's like, okay, I just want to get to to this musically. I don't want to be dealing with the stuff outside of that. Um, but outside of that, yeah, Noka definitely helped us. Uh, uh, yeah, like John said, yeah, I think I had a, a leg up for sure. I want to take go- Add real quick too. Like they gave us opportunities, like scholarships, trips. Like yeah, Brian um, can speak on that. If you want. The, the the Noka Institute. Also, that I think if it wasn't for the Noga Institute, I think I've always been privy and like my parents always helped me to see the bigger picture of getting out of New Orleans and doing these different camps and workshops. And they just knew they just wanted me to always aim high. But if it wasn't for the Noga Institute, I probably wouldn't have been able to do that. Like they make sure that kids who aren't able to to pay for these programs have money to pay for these programs. They pay for the programs. They pay for your flights. So like a lot of stuff I did in high school, I was doing. I did like the National Young Arts. I did Bell Jazz Workshop. I did Skidmore Jazz Camp. We did all I the did same stuff, different years. <laughs> Berkeley Newport Jazz. John Michael did Grammy Band. So like just being within like the circuit and the community. Also, I had another thing. So as like social media developed with me and John Michael, I think, yeah, as our generation got older and social media developed, I just say it like that. We were able to keep up with musicians in other cities and communities who were at the same level that we were. Mm. And so because of that, we weren't blindsided like of all the talent that was out there. Second of all, because of this social media thing, it also kept us up to par and like privy to like the information of Grammy Band and all of these different camps. So we knew, okay, they did that. I'm about to go sign up for this. And Noka was a, a, a resource that we used to get to those different places. So, uh, yeah, I think all of those different things definitely played a part in our development. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, the the NOCA Institute is a godsend. And, and, and I, I think you guys now know that, but it, when, when you're at NOCA, you probably don't even realize. You think everybody got a NOCA Institute, but they don't. And, you know, that's, that support. It is is truly amazing. So shout out to the NOCA Institute. It's hard to realize what you have when it's just like, you know, again, like you grew up in New Orleans and, and like you said, like I totally, I feel like I can identify so much of what you all are saying because that's the way I grew up. And like, I went to NOCA. I did all the same things, all the same camps and everything except Grammy Band. I didn't do Grammy Band. But um, <laughs> man, it's, 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 but I really love what John Michael said. He hit on like, again, with the peer group thing, like 
man, there's, there's an, uh, it's, I think for young people, it's so important to be around a, a, a peer group of musicians or, or just peers, again, that, that are inspiring you to be your best and, and to find other cats that are of the same age, that love the same things that you do, that not just like watching TV or whatever, whatever else people would be doing these days. I also want to touch on, because you, I think you said something before, John, like I said, you was like, y'all can, it, like the numbers were down for people that applied. Mm. This right. Year. Right, right. Um, at least for me, I think. Well, I'm not gonna say that. What I'll say is, man, you, you believe, just let, throw it out there, man. If you got, if you got to bleep yourself, just. <laughs> I think that, and I, I should talk to someone over there, but I think that Noka should go back to what they were doing, and like the the conception of the school and like the the first kind of like classes. I think they need to go back to going into these schools and looking for people instead of having people that that want to just come there because it's a lot of talent in New Orleans. Like there is so much talent in New Orleans and there's so many people that we won't even hear about ever because, not because NOCA isn't going to these schools, but because they don't have the opportunity to be seen. And because there's a lot of people in New Orleans who don't know what NOCA is. Like, you know what I'm saying? And there's people that's passing the school every day right. that don't know what it is. Absolutely. So I think they need to really get away from this like isolated um, ideology of like, you know, it's NOCA and it's this, you know, big thing, which it is. I am very proud to say I'm a NOCA alum and it's definitely helped me, but it's like, it's supposed to be there for the community. So we have to like make sure that we still in the lows of lows and the valleys looking for people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think, you know, as as an organization, Greg and I can kind of speak to that. And, and you have to try to always remember to be inclusive. And and I think the the bigger you get, the harder it is because you just you just get further and further away from the people. And so you, you need somebody in the community who knows somebody like you, Brian, somebody like you, John. And and you know, honestly, that's why I'm always reaching out to y'all. I'm like, okay, what's happening? Like, tell me what's going on with this and that, because you know, Greg and I, we don't know. We old now. We don't know what's happening with, with you know, at certain levels. Um, but you, you got that PS5, though. I do have that PS5. <laughs> I'm like, wait, is it on screen? <laughs> man, listen, before we before we get any deeper, man, I do. I want to go ahead and play something just so the people can know what y'all working with. It's kind of a long song, so I'm not going to play the whole thing, but let, let's play a little bit of it and um, get into the vibe. What's the name of this, Greg? You, you, you know the name of this one, right? Oh, it's uh, the Leo's lady. Yes, that all right. That's the Leo's. Yeah, lady. so I feel like the whole theme of this conversation has been just like kind of like the lineage of Noka, and I feel like this is this is interesting too because I guess I, don't, I man John Michael Brian, do y'all ever meet Mister Kerr? Yeah, that's why I did that arrangement because he was one of my first teachers at the Louis Armstrong campus. So you must have been super, super young when you met Mr. <laughs> Kerr. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's crazy. One of the beautiful things about New Orleans is like everyone has these experiences with 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 the cats. You know, Mr. Kerr, Alvin Baptiste, Kid Jordan. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on. There's there's so many mentors out there. But this is um this is a composition by the great trumpeter Mr. Clyde Cor- Clyde Kerr Jr. entitled Leo's Lady. Thank you. 
I gotta stop it right there. I gotta stop it right there, y'all. That was too much. That's too much for me to handle, man. It really <laughs> is, man. Y'all, sh- hey, look, I'm tired of this, Greg. Let's get them out of here. They too good, man. They too good, man. <laughs> that was a beautiful job, y'all. That was a beautiful. Gotta say, man. that's that's some unbelievable playing. Thank yeah. y'all. What was crazy is like, it was so many takes, right? Because like it was a tricky arrangement, and the bass player was the only guy who never played it. And wow. he came and he smashed, but like we would get so we would get to that point, y'all just saw, and then something technical would happen. So like, I feel like me and Brian were really trying to like come together as much as we could in that moment, <laughs> and not be frustrated and be like, oh my god, it's a sixth take. Like, <laughs> I watch that and I just think about, I think that the you know first of all, just the musicianship on it is is really amazing, but it just makes my heart so happy to to see y'all's generation playing. Mr. Kerr's music, you know, and that's, that's one of the most beautiful things about, you know, I try to explain to people what it means to be from New Orleans. And that's what it is, is like, you know, you got some cats born in the, the late nineties, two thousands. When you when were y'all born? Late nineties? 96. 2015. 96. Yeah. Y'all oh, some cats from the late nineties <laughs> and y'all playing music from Mr. Kerr, Mr. Batiste and all these legends, man. It's just like, that's the most beautiful thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, bro. I don't know, man. I love y'all so good, man. I don't even know what to say. Hey, hey, man, Ashlyn said, don't be telling people how many takes you taking, bro. Like, we don't know that. That was the first take. I thought that was a live performance. See? See, look. <laughs> look, they were all killing. I was killing on every single one of them. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's I'm a true trumpet player right there, bro. I killed it all. Man. I killed it all. <laughs> Um, I I do have a question for y'all though, because you know, in lieu of what's happening right now, what's been happening for the last year, I'm curious to know how you guys feel your careers are going to go moving forward and how you're going to, how you're going to create in this new environment. Because for you guys, for us all, the rules have changed. And I'm just curious what, what your thought process is on that. Um, yeah. What what are y'all thinking? You got it, Brian. Hmm. Um, I think over the years, just like reflecting, I know that I love music and this is something I always love. Like I always love to play the drums. I'm always love to get on stage and like make people feel great, but I have to like make sure that I'm taken care of too. So I think that's kind of why I've decided to extend my time in school, like to, to go for my master's. Like I'm currently, I currently apply for my master's. I'm waiting to hear back within a week or so. So I think just having that added cushion of, of education um, will provide, will help provide a little bit more. Also too, I'm, I'm investing in stuff outside of music too. So like, I can't really say what I'm doing, but I'm, I am like doing stuff outside of music at the moment that I feel would be very beneficial to my future. Um, of course, music is gonna be involved in whatever I do, but I think that, like I said in the beginning, I'm always gonna love to play music. So even if I'm doing it for free, I'm gonna love to do it. So I need to make sure that I'm living the lifestyle mm-hmm. I want to. So yeah, I, I invest, and me and you talked about this too, Darren, like investing and, you know, just making sure that yeah. I'm taking care of Absolutely. myself. Outside. Okay, I like that. Go ahead, John. Uh, same, you know, what Brian said. It's like, I thought I had everything figured out in terms of like 
what my plan was going to be, where I was going to end up, who I was going to be playing with. And it was leading in that direction when I moved to LA. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the pandemic happened and, you know, my girl went back to Canada and I was like, what am I going to do out here? No gigs. Um, so I came back here and I, it's this, this time has given me a lot of time to practice, a lot of time to reflect, a lot of time to try to see what I really want to do. And like Brian, I'm going to probably pursue my master's um, just because there's time for it and just get it over with um, and just have that in my back pocket. Because I, I mean, we're all learners, even you guys, I'm sure you're always learning. And um, I know Ashlyn's on this chat. I've, I've spent a lot of time with him since I've been home and I, I love it because I'm always learning with him. I'm always getting better with him and you need to be around people you can get better with. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you're in certain cities and there just isn't that person to push you. Um, and that's how I was feeling a little bit. So being back home has been a blessing in disguise because I'm being pushed on the instrument and it's forcing me to think about things differently. And I've tapped more into recording um, and writing for people, recording trumpets for them. I'm making a horn sample pack that I'm going to be selling for producers to use my sounds um, however they want to use them. And based on the success of that, I'll keep doing those. Um, and also outside of music investing, I've been learning about that. Um, just putting money away, saving a lot, um, really trying to be smart. Um, it's a lot right now. It's, you know, my goal is to only do music. I love music. That's all I really want to do. But this time has given a lot of musicians um you know the time to think about is there other things that we need to be working on so there's always going to be other streams of income there's always going to be whether it's teaching recording playing your own band playing being, being a sideman going on tour with michael blue but you know what i'm saying like there's always that thing that we and i think that's what we've been learning this whole time mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. we just didn't see it like donald wears so many hats someone like him wears so many hats like what do musicians do? Delphio is a real estate. <laughs> like he, he has real estate. He, you know, certain people, you like, why are these dudes doing this? It's because you need money. You got to survive. And it's not always going to just be your music. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, people in our generation and people moving forward, like really need to take that into consideration. Like you got to be one of the best, but also you got to have a plan for like how you're going to make money. And like, if anything, anything could happen, just like this pandemic, there could be no gigs in 10 years. They could say music isn't happening anymore. Hmm. Not that that's going to happen, but really like something crazy like that could happen. They say we're banning music. Like who knows? It could be a revolution. I don't know. (laughs) They did it once. What's to say they're going to not do it again. (laughs) Yeah, bro. Hmm. That's all I got to say, man. It's just y'all be smart about your bread. Be smart about just, like learning don't don't just say i'm a musician and i only know music like learn about as many possible things that you're interested in because that could really help you if you're into fitness maybe you become a life coach maybe you become something a chef like as musicians we all are talented and we can do multiple things so i think that's important yeah i I like that answer and I, i was reading something last week that said don't let yourself get wrapped up into one identity because, you know, none of us are just musicians and we never have been. And so we got to be careful of that. You know, and that applies for everybody. Maybe you're a doctor, whatever it is. So um, diversify. It's just like the stock market, baby. Keep that thing diversified. You're going to be all right. <laughs> See, it's, it's crazy, too, because like I, I think uh, 
I don't I don't know if y'all had this impression leaving high school and, and leaving college, but again, like I, I always thought that like you're gonna play music and that's it, you know? And um, but but yeah, it's like what you were saying about you gotta wear so many hats to make this dream happen from from teaching to doing private lessons to going on the road to having your band play, playing in other people's bands, doing uh, you know, working in a nonprofit. Uh, what else do I? What else do all of us do? I mean, we do all kinds of stuff, fitness. But like yeah. you know, the, the the beautiful core lesson, I, I feel that that what music has taught me on like a very outside of the music, but it's, it taught me how to learn things, and that that process of mastering one thing. This is one cat's. You know, I, I, sometimes I feel old school, but these cats would be like, can I play drums? Can I play piano? Can I play bass? Can I play this? I'm like, no, man, you got to play the one instrument you're supposed to learn and you got to master that. Because once you go through that process of mastery on one thing, you can apply it to anything, cooking, running, <laughs> running a nonprofit, anything. But if you if you just like, if you just learn how to go 50% on like five things, that's, that's all you ever be able to do. Hmm. And so it's like, yes, it's, it's, I feel like we're going back to, we're going like in, in, in some ways we're going back in time. Like back in the day, we all used to live on like a plot of land and we would farm and build our own cars and build our own wagon or whatever we do, everything. But we're kind of doing that now, you know, we're our own social media correspondents. We're our own booking agent. We're our own promoter. We're our own <laughs> editor, <laughs> producer. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's and I cannot so add, it's important to have good relationships. Like, Brian is one of my best friends. Like he's like family to me. So like for whoever's watching this, like don't be a jerk, man. Like I know we all go through phases and we can be certain ways at times in our life, but like really care about the people that are around you and the, the people that are with you. Cause like you and Darren have been friends forever. Like keep those <laughs> relationships. Cause y'all could form something together one day. Like, like y'all have. So that's all I want to say. I love that. Man. Hey, man, no, don't be a, don't no, be a jerk. Forty years. I'm about to say something good stuff. No, forty years. Hey, old John. I mean, you know. <laughs> you know, we have been friends for a long time, and, and and the important piece I think that to pick up from what you just said is just don't be a jerk. It's really just that simple, man. And you know, it took me a long time to figure that out. I wasn't as 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 hip as y'all was when I was in my early twenties. Man, look, we getting close, man. But I, I, you got this other song I really, really want to play, bro. And it's called, uh, well, y'all will hear it. I'm going to play it right now. Here we go.
Hey, bro, why was it in your sheets, though, bro? Damn. <laughs> it just rhymed. It, hey. <laughs> Look, man, everyone was putting together a little quarantine song, and I said, bro, everyone's doing remote stuff. So I was like, yeah. okay, Ari title, need a guitar line. I needed like my friend, my friend Isaiah Weatherspoon, he's from Philly, killing drummer that went to Berkeley with us. He just laid down a groove and it wasn't even, I don't even know if he was trying to do a second one. I don't know what it was. It just felt good. So I put it together. It was literally like a minute and I just started putting the piece together. I got a bass player, I got a guitar player, I got Big Sam, you know? Yeah. And then, but yeah, it's in the seats, bro. It's in the sheets. Okay. It ain't in my <laughs> sheets, but, um, <laughs> Look, Greg, you know, we only got a few minutes left. And so I, I do want to give them both an opportunity to pump, pump everything that they sell and tell people where to connect with you online. I know Brian is doing a bunch of digital concerts with all kinds of people in basements and it looks cool. And, and, and I, you know, so I want y'all to both um, tell the people where to connect with you and where they can get your stuff. You can go first, Brian. Yeah, you can follow me. I'm on everything, Instagram, Twitter. Facebook, Brian Richberry Jr. Um, I have a band called New Legacy. It's with an X, not a C. It's with an X, not a C. Um, All right. We have two songs out right now, but we're putting out an EP in the summer. So that's kind of my main focus right now. Uh, so yeah, follow us. Also, New Legacy on all streaming platforms. And yeah, that's it. Perfect. John Michael, what you got coming up? Um, I got I got a lot of music, actually, stuff that Brian's on um, coming out. I got some stuff planned uh, to drop in the next couple of months. Um, like I said, the sample pack, I've been working on that, so look out for that. That'll be coming out soon. Um, been trying to book some of my own things out here. Been playing with a lot of people. Been playing with Trumpet Mafia, different bands. Um I'm playing with Amina Figueroa at Snug Harbor this weekend uh, on Easter Sunday. Um, Gerald Watkins is on drums. I think Roland Guerin is on bass. Amina's on piano. Her husband Bart is on flute. And me and Derek Dogay are on the front line uh, for that. So that's going to be great um, if y'all want to check that out this weekend. I think it's at seven or eight. It's a stream, live stream. Really difficult music, so I will be in the shed this week. Yeah, she's she's an incredible, incredible musician. But I have a website, uh, johnmichaelbradford.com. I'm on all social media. Everything's my full name. Y'all can follow me. I usually post on my Instagram the most. Instagram and Facebook is what I usually post when I update. So. And then same thing with uh, Spotify or Apple Music. I, everything's on there. Oh, Perfect, man. Yeah. Can I say one more thing? Go ahead, babe. Go ahead. Um, I forgot. I just recently did a benefit concert last month that featured John Michael, Trumpet Mafia, and a choir that I put together featuring my band. Uh, the concert was to celebrate Black American music and Black voices, and all the money. All of the money is going to two different uh, charitable organizations. So one of them being the uh, the Rainy Day Fund started by Brandon Lewis in New Orleans. And the other one is the Common Ground Foundation, which was started by the acting rapper Common, which uh, helps underserved communities, I think, within Chicago. So wow. right now we ra we've raised around $6,000. Y'all can check out the concert live. Uh, Y'all can check out the concert, rather, on YouTube now. It's still there. And if you have um, any feelings of wanting to donate some money, 
the link is within the description. But if you just search up New Legacy Celebration of Black Voices, it should come up. So, All right. So dig that. So go check out New Legacies um, with an X and and dig dig the black voices and and then give them all your money y'all because uh it's for a good cause and it's going to some good people mm-hmm. and um we got to support each other out here so so definitely do that and also check out um john michael bradford's stuff buy all of his his merchandise from his website also and uh yeah man that's that's all i got for them greg what you got man i just want to say y'all it's, it's you know it's it's a it's been a pleasure watching y'all throughout these years and I, I know we all between the four, the four of us, we got many years to come, and uh, you know there's a there's a, a lot of bright things in, in in your future. So I hope y'all continue um, continue learning, like you said earlier, and uh, continue to grow and uh, continue to be both you know people of integrity. So I really appreciate that, and y'all always representing big time, man. So yeah. it's been a blessing getting Absolutely. to know y'all. Yeah, bro. Thank y'all so much for coming on the Working Artist Project, man. My name is Darian Douglas. I'm Gregory Ajid. And we'll catch y'all later. Peace.